Hello you. Welcome to this space. I'm your host Ruth and this is No Time for Small Talk. The podcast where we unpack the more complex and deeper aspects of life and explore taboo topics with curiosity and open discussion. We will be delving into mental and physical health, addiction, trauma, birth, death, and pretty much anything else we can dive to the depths of. If you have found your way here, I'm sure you are searching for something deeper, and I hope these conversations provide you with enlightening perspectives, comfort, education, and a smile or two. So wherever you are listening, welcome and enjoy the show. Hello. So this is Ruth coming at you with the first official episode of No Time for Small Talk. I'm very excited to be here, a little bit nervous, um, but here we are. So the first episode, I decided to just launch straight into a big one and to discuss mental health from my perspective and from my experience. So For me, I have had a very complex relationship with mental health and mental illness. Um, Starting from a very young age, I have suffered with a lot of anxiety and busy racing thoughts. Um, This all began, I guess, probably from the youngest age that I can remember is about mm, four, four or five and I always just had this sense of impending doom Um, and anyone who has navigated anxiety will understand exactly what that meaning is. You know, it's this sense that something is wrong but I don't know what it is and that's something that can be a very scary and confusing thing to navigate because you seem to always be searching for a solution to something that you don't even know uh, the problem for, if that makes sense. So yeah, that was something that I had been dealing with from a very young age Um, and it kind of ebbed and flowed throughout my childhood Um, There was periods of time when it was quite bad and when it sort of would lead into panic attacks and would lead into um, real extreme stress and fear and panic about something terrible going wrong or something terrible happening to family or friends or, um, you know, just a dread and a fear of something bad happening you know this kind of bad feeling this sticky feeling um so that was something that I navigated through a lot of my childhood um and for a certain period of time as well there was a lot of elements of sort of OCD tendencies that would creep into that so there would be the everyone goes to bed and I have to make sure that every single door is locked then I have to go around and double check each door and I have to you know, check under the bed and check behind the cupboard and check in the wardrobe and, you know, all these little checks, I guess, to try and make myself feel safe. Um, And a big 
kind of culmination of my anxiety as a child was that I didn't sleep very much so I would stay up really late at night I would lie in my bed reading until you know one two o'clock in the morning before school and I guess it was always that kind of avoidance of feeling that horrible sense of dread um I navigated through a lot of fear as a child as well so I remember I really struggled to sleep alone I struggled to um be alone ever and I remember I used to jump into bed with my brother or I would run into my mum's room at night and I just remember there being this overarching sense of fear and dread um and that's something that was really tricky to navigate um I remember if I ever went for sleepovers at a friend's house a lot of times I would end up coming home because I had that fear and that dread um I guess just continuing on with that sort of anxiety that stayed with me for a long time it stayed with me oh it it got quite bad I'd say in my teenage years between um, family dynamics changing or relationships coming into play or you know the use of drugs and alcohol all these things started to kind of amplify and create I guess a bigger sense of this anxiety as I started to get older and I started to learn ways to numb or avoid my anxiety was that I was able to keep it at bay or keep it pushed down for a certain length of time whether it was through you know social media being on my phone or being with friends all the time or drinking taking drugs you know there was ways that I was able to really suppress and squash my anxiety as I got older and yet it would only ever last for so long before it would come back and hit me like a ton of bricks um and sort of the added pile of all these other things then that come from these these suppressions and these numbing behaviors of that shame and guilt and I guess more fear more worry more anxiety and so this cycle kind of just went on and on and it wasn't until I was about probably 14 or 15 sensing that feeling of depression creeping in Mm, depression wasn't something I had really felt up to that point for me it was always that higher stressful energy of anxiety that kind of flooded through me and it was really after a long period of quite excessive drinking and drug taking around this age that really um began to I guess bring me down and bring me sinking into that um, depressive mood and that depressive state which I hadn't experienced before and for me that was that was quite a scary time because I experienced such a such a strong parallel between the high and the high anxious state that I had been existing in for so many years to then feel this sense of being pulled down and being dragged down and being almost 
um, swamped by this sense of darkness and this sense of cloudiness was very bizarre. Um, depression washing over you is a very scary and uncertain feeling. Um, but I guess my experience was that it was just such a polar opposite extreme to what I was used to feeling. And so for a few months around that age of 15, I was very depressed and I really struggled to find any sort of joy in anything. I remember a moment where I had gone downstairs to use the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror as I was walking past and I just saw like this ghost, this shadow. And I remember, you know, looking at myself in the mirror and seeing that I was just so sad. And I remember trying to smile and it just feeling so wrong and so fake and it was at that moment that I realized that I hadn't truly smiled or felt joy in months and that was a scary moment because I sort of had this inkling of well is this my life now this is just how I'm gonna feel um And that's a scary place to be, that this sense of darkness, this sense of dread, you know, it's a feeling that is hard to quite describe and hard to quite put your finger on. And it's a very challenging space to be in if you're witnessing someone who's experiencing depression, which I have many times in my life. And... um, There's this challenge with no matter how much you reach, um, there seems to be this invisible force that blocks someone from really um, feeling helped or feeling supported. I think sometimes when you have really sunk into the depths of depression, no matter how much you may want to drag yourself out of it or you may want to feel better or you may wish that something was different, there is this complete inability to do anything about it. And mm, when I was experiencing this, I had a lot of support from my sister who was kind of constantly bringing me out, trying to get me to come for walks, to come for runs, to have conversations and while it was really lovely to have someone that's kind of pulling you out of bed and making you do things and be active and kind of mm, try and make you laugh Mm, there's also this just emptiness and it's as if you are an outsider looking at yourself being this way and almost wanting to shake yourself and say wake up get up snap out of it you know that old age thing snap out of it just feel better and yet there's just a complete inability to actually pull yourself up and yeah I mean luckily for me it was 
a period of time that didn't last overly long um it did develop um for me that state of complete emptiness and numbness luckily didn't last overly long and I can't even really say what was the changing point there are so many different layers to consider of how things change and how things shift and how you feel better or worse um so following on from that period of real depression I know that I lifted I lifted out of that state I was feeling much better Mm, I had sort of I was going through a period of time as I mentioned that I was using drugs and alcohol quite heavily and I was living in quite a um, unhealthy relationship at that time that I knew a lot of ways I was living and things that I was participating in were contributing to my mental health issues yet I didn't really want to make changes in my life I was quite happy to continue with these numbing behaviors to continue to party to continue to stay out and not sleep and not eat well and you know um not look after myself that unfortunately the brief (laughs) time of I guess feeling good and coming out of that deep dark place um didn't last for very long I had multiple um occasions of very very um excessive drug taking which really ultimately led me into a period of psychosis at the age of 16 and what this looked like for me was extreme paranoia, extreme fear, um, hearing voices, seeing visions, not sleeping, nightmares, not being able to eat, um, extreme terror, depression, anxiety, and um just complete inability to think inability to react normally to life and to life stimuli I was extremely fearful and jumpy and on high alert um and this the extremity of this lasted for a couple of weeks where I truly believed that nothing would ever be the same again I truly believed that I was trapped in a state of complete and utter psychosis and that this was my new reality I believed that I would have to go into some sort of residential um, treatment and care to be able to exist in the world um and I believed that I had done so much damage to my brain that it wouldn't go back to being the same ever again and all I can say is luckily again um 
something changed and something shifted and I was able to feel and sense a glimmer of I don't even want to say light because at that time there really was no light for me but I could sense a glimmer of real me authentic self somewhere and I knew that I wasn't lost forever and I knew that one day I didn't know when that would be but I knew that one day I would be able to come back to myself and so for about a year I would say I was existing in a very very strange kind of a reality I was extremely fearful I my nervous system was constantly on high alert I was scared of everything I had a lot of paranoia high anxiety um coupled with quite deep lows and I really struggled to sort of live and do normal day-to-day things um I made some big changes in my life at that time I sort of changed how I was living I stopped drinking I stopped taking drugs for a while I spent more time you know, watching movies, staying at home, getting cozy, um, kind of cocooning in a way and remembering um, how to create safety and stability in myself. And it took a long time, but eventually I started to feel a little bit more and more myself and I started to kind of remember who I was, the good that was in my life, um, how to be myself. As I started to feel better and as I started to kind of remember the joy in life and feel that everything isn't so bad, everything isn't so dark, I also began repeating the same behaviors that I had been repeating for many years. So for me, that looked like beginning heavy drinking again, partying again, drug taking again. Um, There was a subtle shift in my ways of partying, you could say. I knew that I couldn't, you know... Um, risk with my kind of delicate mental state but really everything was damaging my mental state and all of it ultimately was unhealthy and unhelpful however as a 17 18 year old these are the things that I did and so I guess that I'll just fast forward a little bit maybe another time I can get more into my story of sort of my addiction process but I'll just fast forward a little bit to keep it on track with the mental health topic today and the sort of level of anxiety and not so much depression but I guess mm, mood changes mood issues 
and that I was experiencing were quite, I would say, numbed for quite a bit of time there because I was using these numbing behaviours again. I had found a way to sort of toe the line between mm, tipping myself too far over the edge of feeling completely out of control and um, mentally unstable and also keeping myself completely numb from my feelings and emotions. So I spent a lot of years really not having to feel and sense how bad my mental state had become. Um, At this time, there was sort of situations happening there that were contributing to me wanting to just numb and not feel and not exist in reality. And so in terms of my mental health, I was able to sort of squash and suppress these feelings and emotions for quite some time, I would say, Um, definitely quite a few years. And that's not to say that my mental health was in any way good um however I just wasn't paying attention to it and I wasn't feeling it um because I feel that my body was existing in survival mode and so my brain somehow was numbing and not letting myself really um sit with and feel everything that was happening because I don't think I would have been able to cope at that time and so it was only really multiple years later when I had moved countries I had had a breakup I had had lots of change in my life and I had for the first time been really able to sit with my emotions and notice who I was and where I was that I really realized something was wrong and I needed to make some drastic changes and it really took me quite a few years again from kind of making that decision that something's really wrong and I want to change to actually being able to fully implement those changes. Um, You know, part of those changes for me in my journey were to go completely um, drug and alcohol free, um, to really cut myself off from people in my life that were not supportive for my growth and for the life that I visioned for myself. It looked like changing career paths you know studying again um moving (laughs) all of these external things had to change for me to change internally um and for a while that was sort of my solution so I believed that well I'm the way I am and I'm feeling the way I am and my 
mental health and my emotions and my fears and my anxieties and my stresses and my worries and all of these things, they're happening because all of these things on the outside are wrong. You know, I'm around the wrong people. I'm around the wrong behaviors. I'm um, doing the wrong things. I'm working in the wrong place. I'm living in the wrong place. I'm all of these externals. And I believed that if I could just change all of these things, everything would be okay and I would be okay. And so that kind of led me into a very vigorous, um, structured routine, I guess, of how I had to live to be okay. And so for me, that took many forms again which I can get into in other episodes but part of that for me looked like you know joining the gym and getting really into fitness and looking at my nutrition and changing how I was eating and nourishing my body and again retraining restudying getting new skills learning new things you know trying out new jobs new workplaces mm living in a new place, being in a new relationship, all of these things. And this was going, (laughs) I want to say well, but the reality is it wasn't going well, but my, mm, my belief at that time was that this is going great. My life is going well. I'm getting healthy, I'm getting fit, you know, I'm eating well, I have better friends in my life, I'm more connected, I have better relationships, I'm, you know, stronger, I'm fitter, I'm healthier, I'm sleeping better, all of these things. And in reality, I was not allowing myself to feel anything once again. And so, yes, my externals had changed and I had created better habits and better patterns in my life. But yet I had not addressed or discussed or even began to feel mm, anything that I had experienced, anything that had been causing these mental health issues. Or I hadn't even acknowledged that these challenges were still here and still present and ultimately all of this really came to a head for me when coronavirus covid came around um for me in my life I had gone back home to Ireland and I was spending time with my family and I had uh, left a partner overseas who we were in a a long distance relationship I should Mm, I had like I say jumped into all of these um, busy behaviors to feel good and to feel okay And I was doing a great job of tricking myself to believing that I was doing good and doing okay until COVID came around and what felt like overnight 
all of the controls and all of the externals that I had put in place in my life to create this sense of false security got ripped away. And so my job was gone. My business was gone. My day-to-day activities were gone. My hobbies, the gym, friends that I was seeing regularly, routines and schedules that I had created to help me feel safe and in control were ripped away. And all of a sudden, I was left with more time and space to think and to feel than I believe I had had since I was a very, very small child. And for me, that was a very terrifying place to be in. So ultimately, I realized how not okay I was. I realized how long I had been suppressing all of this mm, trauma, all of these emotions, all of these situations that I had experienced and lived through for so many years that I had just completely pushed away. And when I had that little bit of space for the first time and when I had to not have any way to distract myself from that pain and from that fear, ultimately, what was left to do but feel it. And so that was really what I say the beginning of my true healing um, journey it was the first time that I really saw the depths of pain and sorrow and fear and hurt that I was carrying for so long And it was the first time that I had really allowed myself to sit with the depths of loneliness that I was feeling. You know, I realized how I had completely withdrawn and separated myself from everyone that I knew and loved and everyone that knew and loved me because I had created so many external barriers to make myself seem okay that I had actually pushed everyone away and really not allowed anyone to see the authentic self that I was and that I am and that realization was so confronting you know, to realize that you have spent your whole life being inauthentic 
not showing your true self, not allowing yourself to feel or experience anything that you have gone through, not allowing yourself to honor your life, your path, your journey. And having to, for the first time, really ultimately stare at yourself in the mirror and say, who are you? And so there began the work. It took, it has taken and is still taking a very long time to really connect back to that truth. I feel that this journey that I've been on currently now has been for the last three years um, of what I would say is remembering and reconnecting to my authentic self and showing up fully as myself and allowing myself to be seen and to be witnessed and to really share my truth, my gifts, my story and myself with others. And these these journeys that we take and that we embark upon when I say journeys in this context, I'm, I mean the journeys within, they are so complex and they have so many twists and turns. And, you know, what I've found throughout this deepest journey that I've been on, this deepest exploration of myself, what I've found is each time I think, you know, I have unlocked or unpacked something really big and I've sort of come through that understood that got to the other side and felt a lift and a breath of fresh air and a freedom (laughs) it's not long before another thing another deeper layer another deeper level will come along um, to be felt and to be seen and to be honored And I do truly believe that this work is never done. This work is an unpacking that we will unpack throughout our lifetimes. However, the level that you have been suppressing in your life equates to the length of time it will take you to begin to... mm, Feel the benefits and the joy of doing this work. And the interesting part of all this is that I was amazing at teaching a yoga class and helping people to connect with themselves and dropping into their body and, you know, letting go of stresses in the world. And I was brilliant at sitting someone down and having them explain to me and tell me about all the things that were going on in their lives. And I could pick out you know the whys and the hows and the the nuggets of information that would help someone to excel forwards and understand and unlock a part of themselves but I was completely and utterly repressing that in myself and what I've found is that the deeper I go with my own inner work 
directly equates to the depths that I can support my clients in. And the more that I speak and the more that I share and the more that I communicate with others about mental health, the more that I realize we are all living such similar parallels in our own unique way. And, you know, I guess there are just, there have been so many times for me along this journey, especially, you know, as a child and as a teenager, when I was experiencing these real, real depths of pain and sorrow and loneliness, the resounding feeling for me was that I am so alone and this is all so unique to me and the truth is that none of these experiences are really unique you know I believe that mental health and mental illness mental health struggles are a reality of being human and living in the world that we live in today We live in a world where we are overly stressed, where we have too much on our plate, where we're disconnected, isolated, where all of us to some extent use numbing behaviors to not feel, um, where we don't honor the sacred parts of life, where we don't honor rituals, where we don't honor rites of passages and where many children are being brought up in environments where being their authentic self and sharing their authentic truth is not honored and supported and so it's no surprise to me that so many of us in this world are experiencing such high levels of mental illness mental health struggles And all I know is that the more that we can speak and share on our experience, the less alone we can all feel. And the more that we can know there are solutions, there are tools, there are any number of support services and support you know supports out there that we can really use to help us to get through these challenges you know and I think the biggest thing is just to talk the biggest thing is just to allow yourself to be heard And to know that you are not alone. We are not alone. We have never been alone. And somebody is experiencing the exact thing that you are experiencing. And I just hope that we can all gain the courage to share our truth and share our experience and support each other 
I'm feeling that this is sort of coming to a natural close and I think maybe on another episode I can delve a little more into some of the tools that I've used throughout my life to overcome these different mental health struggles that I've dealt with and I think that there's been a lot said for this episode and I think each and every one of you that is listening here today and honour your personal individual journey that you have been on. I'm sure every single person listening here has their own complex relationship with mental health and I'm sure at times you have felt alone, you have felt that nobody cares or that nobody knows or that nobody could even do anything to help and just know that there is always light at the end of the tunnel no matter how dark it seems there is always someone who has shared your experience and who can provide you with insight and hope and remember that the sun will always come up again tomorrow and you know sometimes when things are just so dark and ultimately feel impossible to crawl yourself out of the depths of whatever you're experiencing and just remember that sometimes all you can do is just cling on and see another day through and there will come a time when you will remember just that little spark of your true self And there will come a time when you will arrive at a place in your life that you right now can only imagine. And just remember that there is always more light to come and more joy to feel. And one day you will laugh again. And for a brief moment, forget that you ever felt this way. (sighs) Okay. And so with that, I think I'm going to leave it there for today. It's been a pretty big first episode. Um, Living up to the name, as it suggests, this is not a time for small talk. And really my intention for this podcast is open, honest and vulnerable conversations. And so here I am showing up open, honest and vulnerable. And I really hope that you got something out of this podcast today. And yeah, it's been a real honor to talk to you today and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you so much for being here.
Thank you for listening to No Time for Small Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, share and leave a review. Remember to follow our Instagram, No Time for Small Talk, for extra resources and to be the first to hear about upcoming guests or events. If you would like to connect or find out more about my work, you can find me on Instagram at Ruma Integrative or by emailing ruma-connect at outlook.com. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye for now.